Hey, this is Tolly Wilkins of Captivate Church, and we're so glad you've joined us on our podcast today. This is one way that we can take our message from Baltimore all across the world. We pray that today encourages you, inspires you to become the man or woman that God's designed you to be. So as we consider uh, Thanksgiving that's upon us, uh, I began to, to think about um, the fact that there's capital T truth. If you guys have been around very long, you know I, I speak often of that that uh, God is the God of order, not of disorder. God is the God of truth. If there is a truth on the planet, it is authored uh, by God. And uh, so as a result, I, I usually like to see the evidence of God's word reflected in the world around me. And so it's no different with Thanksgiving. I started to look and I was like, well, surely that if God is commanding us to be thankful, if God is commanding us to have gratitude in our hearts, there has to be some positive effects. And so uh, I did what uh, all of us should do, and I consulted Google. And uh, so I, I, I just looked for um, studies, scientific studies surrounded by gratitude. And you, I, I've never done that. And I was like, wow, this is pretty amazing. There's actually a lot out there um, related to uh, what gratitude does to uh, the, the human psyche, the physical body and things. So I wanted to share those just to begin with you, just to say, look, God's word is completely true and um, good, um, not just good because he's good, not just good because he's true, but it's good and true and it affects you right where you live. And so um, as I looked in, there, there are several, uh, this, this lady, um, Amy Moran, she wrote seven scientifically proven benefits of gratitude. One, Gratitude opens the door to more relationships, opens the door to more relationships. She said that when you meet a stranger, let's say they hold a door for you and you say thank you, that simple act connects you in such a way that that person is open to more relationship from you. You've just blessed them by putting them in a position to say, "Um, I didn't deserve what you did, but I'm grateful And so as a result, people are more open to be receptive in relationship to people who express gratitude. So when you express gratitude, it helps you build more relational channels. Gratitude improves physical health. Grateful people, she says, experience fewer aches and pains and report feeling healthier than other people. According to a 2012 study published in Personality and Individual Differences, not surprisingly, Grateful people are also more likely to take care of their health. They exercise more often. They're more likely to attend their checkups, which likely contribu- uh, contributes to further longevity. So if you're grateful, your spirit's good, your attitude's good, and as a result, you take care of the temple of God that is your body. The scripture says that we are the temple. Gratitude improves psychological health. She says gratitude re- reduces a multitude of toxic emotions. When you have gratitude, you're less likely to have envy, resentment, or frustration, or regret. Robert Emmons, the leading gratitude researcher, conducted multiple studies on the link between gratitude and well-being. His research confirms that gratitude effectively increases happiness and reduces depression. Increases happiness. So how many of us are walking around? The scripture tells us to meditate on all of these good things these God things, whatever is true, right, noble, pure. And, and yet, how much of us, we don't go to that side. What we meditate on, 
are all of the toxic emotions, all of the negatives, all the things that we don't yet have, we, we want to attain, how, mon, how much of our energy is being not invested into gratitude and being thankful, but rather being wantful, hopeful, wishful, uh, covetousness, jealousy. Gratitude enhances empathy and reduces aggression. Grateful people are more likely to behave in a pro-social manner even when others are behaving less kindly. In a 2012 study by University of Kentucky, study participants who ranked higher on gratitude scales were also less likely to retaliate against others, even when they're given negative feedback. They experienced more sensitivity and empathy towards other people and a decreased desire to seek revenge. I really believe, like, you, you look at this and it makes complete sense in your own life. The more you're grateful for what you have, the less you're worried about everybody else's emotions and opinions and what they have and what you don't. You're not in the comparison game because if your gratitude tank is full, you're okay. I don't need you to validate me. I don't need you to affirm me. I feel great. I feel blessed. I feel thankful to God. And again, so many of us, we spend our time investing in all of the other emotions. Grateful people sleep better. I'm pretty grateful. <laughs> writing in gratitude journal, um, writing in a gratitude journal improves sleep, according to a 2011 study published by Psych, uh, Applied Psychology, Health and Well-Being. If you spend just 15 minutes jotting down a few grateful sentiments before you go to bed, you're going to sleep better and longer. You ever have those wrestling matches right before you fall asleep? And some of us were just thinking about tomorrow's agenda. Some of us are recapping today. And a lot of times, those thoughts have nothing to do with gratitude. It's just like the bill needs to get paid. Why is the kid acting up? You know, what's going on? There's a leak. I hear, I think we might have a squirrel in the roof. Like, you just, everything, right? And so uh, when, when you're right about to hit the bed, imagine if you did take some time and just go to your, to, to your Lord and say, Lord, Thank you. Thank you. And if you took the time to just let them know what you're thankful for, man, how much, how much would you, uh, your, your, your physiology change? Grateful uh, gratitude improves self-esteem. In a 2014 study published by the Journal of Applied Sports psychology found that gratitude increased athlete self-esteem, an essential component for optimal performance. Other studies shown that gratitude reduces social comparisons. Rather than becoming resentful towards people who have money or more money or better jobs, a major factor in reduced self-esteem, grateful people are able to appreciate other people's accomplishment. So again, if I'm just like, Lord, I'm just thankful for where I am. I'm thankful for what you've done for me then I can see someone else win and I can see someone else have success and that doesn't affect me in a negative way. I can both cheer for you. Believe it or not, do you know this? You can have a joyful life and you can cheer for other people having a joyful life. Did you know that was, that was possible? It's incredible. You would think that the world doesn't function that way when you look around. Uh, everybody, someone else starts to succeed. What's the typical reaction? Oh, they got ahead. They cheated. I don't, I don't know what they got. They got something secret. 
Because we're always trying to compare. We're always trying to worry about what we don't have. What if we would just get to a place where we say, Lord, I'm thankful that you love me. And I'm thankful for what you've done for me. I'm thankful for who you are in my eyes. Gratitude increases mental strength. For years, research has shown gratitude not only reduces stress, but it also may play a major role in overcoming trauma. A 2006 study published by Behavior Research and Therapy found Vietnam War veterans with higher levels of gratitude experienced lower levels of post-traumatic stress disorder. In 2003, a study published by the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology found that gratitude was a major contributor to resilience following the terrorist attacks on September 11th. Recognizing all that you have to be thankful for, even during the worst times, fosters resilience. You see, I want to talk to you today about a hundred ways to be thankful. A hundred ways for Thanksgiving. And so, in order to do that, I thought, you know, people might not understand. If I asked you right now to, to think about a hundred things to be thankful for, it may feel daunting. You may get to 15 or 20 things and then it starts to slow down and you'll have to do some work. But I bet if I asked you right now in this room, if I said, you know, do you have one thing you're thankful for? How many of us right now, let's do that. How many of us say, I could find one thing right now to be thankful for? One thing. Good. Now, put your hands back up if that's you. Look around the room. Now, it might take you a while to get to 100 for yourself, but what if you lived your life being thankful for other people's blessing? Look how fast you would be able to get to 100 or more. You see, this is the mindset that we get ourselves locked in because we believe that our, our faith relationship is only between us and God. And we believe that I've got to worry about me. And so even in our gratitude, we have a hard time being able to appreciate other people's joy and other people's uh, success and other people's happiness. Being grateful is, is a call of God. The 100 ways that I want you to drive to today is a play on words because I want us to look at Psalm 100. Psalm 100. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go there. If not, go on the app. Psalm 100 is a short psalm, five verses. But if you and I were to practice the, the, the practices of gratitude found in Psalm 100, you and I would never run with short supply on gratitude. Never. You could live and eat on this psalm day in and day out. And I promise you're going to up your game when it comes to gratitude. And as we just showed, there's a reason that God tells his children, I want you to have this attitude. I want you to, to live a gracious life. I want you to think about all things pure and righteous and holy and good. Think upon these things, the scripture says. Why does God command me to think with a gracious spirit? Because it's good for me. It is good for me. And it is the way of God to be gracious. It is the way of God to have gratitude. There's nothing like, can you imagine being God in His position? And you've literally offered salvation. You have gone from your high, majestic place and you've come down low to the lowest place. Um, Philippians 2 says there's a regression that God went through. He took on the form of a man, but not just a man, a servant, not just a servant. He became a servant obedient to death, but not just to death, not any old death, a death 
on the cross, the greatest shameful way, public display. This is what God did in order to come out of the high peaks, to come as low as a grain of sand, to be able to lift you up. And yet, my friends, you and I find ourselves lacking gratitude. The God of the universe emptied himself, became sin. He who knew no sin became sin. So that when the Father looked at you, who were full of sin, he did not, if you trust in Christ and receive Christ, then the propitiation for your sin is, is found in Christ. And so God no longer sees you in your transgression, but rather His Son. And so your salvation, your right relationship with God, all that you can be and all that you are is found in Jesus. And He is your protector. He is your shield. He is your forgiver. He is your provider, your leader. He is all of that for you. And yet somehow, Christian, we can lack gratitude. Psalm 100 says this. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. You guys remember that song? I couldn't help when I was reading this this week to think about that song. Do you guys remember that? Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Now, I don't know how you learned that. I, well, number one, slow down. I know you're amazed by my vocal cords. Let's just, I've already got enough work to do. I can't go on tour. But if you remember that song, make a joyful noise. Am I the only one that heard this song? Let's sing, sing it with me. Sing it with me. Ready? Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. What happens next? I am so disappointed in your church training. You guys are like, I don't know. It's your song, bro. <laughs> no, it's, it's, woohoo. Does any of you remember that song? It's a joyful noise, people. Be joyful. All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to sing that line. My son is dying in the front row. He's like, this is on video. <laughs> and here's what I want you to do. I want you literally to scream. I want you to make a joyful noise. Whatever that sounds like for you. You know, Shadrach knows what a joyful noise is. Oh, Shadrach, Shadrach. They're ready. They're ready. All right, here we go. Sing it with me. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Moderate, moderate. One more time. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. There we go. Give yourselves a hand. That's not bad. I'll take that this morning. I'll take that on a rainy day. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of 
his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is what? Good. He's good. His steadfast love endures how long? Forever. And his faithfulness to all generations. Isn't that good news? That's some good news right there. There you go. Gratitude. 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 Let's look at it from the top. Psalm 100 verse 1. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. If you're jotting notes today. Now you want to play along. It's contagious though, isn't it? I told you. So, now I don't want to read it. <laughs> Shout with joy. Shout with joy. Like, like, put a practice in your life. If you say, man, I'm having a, a bad attitude. I don't have the attitude of gratitude. How can I, how can I do that? You know, the scriptures literally tell us this. Make a joyful noise. And we read the Bible and we're just like, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, No. Like, you're God's kid, and God's pretty stinking awesome, and you're the sheep of his pasture, meaning the land you stand on is his. Like, there's just, just who you are, and you have your being in him, and, and, and in, your, in him you have your live, move, and have your being. All this stuff is in him. You should be celebrating that. And so you might say, man, that sounds really weird. Uh, you know, maybe I, I didn't grow up Pentecostal or something, and, and I don't know how to, to, to do it. Let me tell you something. It is so freeing for you just to shout with joy, to God. Do you know that we will shout for everything else but God? Do you realize that? We will scream and cheer and celebrate for everything else but God. We were doing a youth event this week, and on Friday we, we, we were given out points based on, on playing cards. And so each of the color of the teams, each red, green, blue, and yellow, and, and so they're in these teams and all. And all we had to do was to say, hey, who wants a playing card? And the team would, ah. we have people that are playing, a grown men moving a leather ball up and down a field of grass. And we're able to gather 85 to 100,000 people to celebrate grown men banging their heads together to move a piece of leather. And, and, and we celebrate. Can you imagine? If on Monday when the Ravens beat up on the Rams, can you imagine, can you imagine, if you, you, if you just applauded for that, you better applaud for every single sermon point from here on out. Because how bad is that? So, <laughs> but so, so here's the thing. Can you imagine on Monday, it's at the Rams, so it, let's pretend they'll score, right? But at their stadium, if the Rams were to score, and everyone in the crowd was like, acceptable. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful. Like you, you would see the reason you're giggling is twofold. One is like, that's ridiculously stupid. And two, you're like, ooh. Mmm. Get off my toes, you preacher. Why? Because we know 
When God is good, how often do we really shout praise? How often do we verbalize it? How often do we tell him? How often do we, listen, I've gotten to a place now where I'm kind of weird. I'll go out by myself. And, And this has got me into the whole boating thing last year. But I'll just go out by myself in the middle of water and I'll just openly talk to God. And I'll just openly praise him. And I'll just tell him out loud he's good. And you know what's weird? Is that I'm the one saying it to him, but I'm also the one hearing it. Do you know what that does to your faith when you verbally tell God, God, I thank you for my children. They are a gift from you. They are a blessing from you. You describe them as arrows that I can launch out into the world. Lord, I am so grateful that you've given me these arrows. Father, I thank you for my bride. I thank you that she's put up with me for 20 years. Good night. I didn't think anybody could. You know, and just walk through. But not only is your praise going out to the Lord, but you're also receiving it again. And you're experiencing the blessing of your own gratitude. You do that as a practice. You, you shout out to the Lord. You shout out your praise. You let Him know how good He is to you. And I promise that you'll receive more blessing even than the blessing you're given Him. We are called, go ahead now, we are called to make some noise, some joyful, joyful noise. Verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. We serve with joy. Not only do we shout with joy, it's one thing, there's a lot of people that can shout with joy. (laughs) And then they serve Zero. <laughs> like they, there's a lot of people that come in for church and it's a show. Oh, yeah, yeah, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I'm clapping to this song. And then it's like, hey, we got we to pack up. I'm like, oh, I got to go. <laughs> praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Thank you. Hey, we need a kids worker. Uh, I don't do kids. And, and, and so serving gets disconnected from gratitude. But right here in the middle of Psalm 100, he says, you know what? Shout out for joy. Do that part. But don't disconnect it from the idea of serving either. And so it really is, we don't got to, we get to. You know where gratitude kicks in? We don't got to serve. We get to serve. We get to serve. We're just glad that the creator of the world, who has a redemptive plan, would invite us into that story. We get to be a part of that. That's pretty phenomenal. That the God of all the universe who spoke it all into existence didn't even sweat. And he says, Tolly, come on in. I want you to to help a little. And you know what we do? We get it all wrong because we think, well, God needs my help. Well, I'm sorry. World's been here a long time. Church has been around for 2,000 plus years. It's going to happen with or without you. It's like your child, though. You ever have a toddler that they want to help? Now, there's two parts, right? Like you look and you just go, by involving you, it probably slows me down a little. Because you have some deficiencies. You can't, you can't quite reach the counter. You don't really know how to plug in stuff. I don't want you to plug in stuff. Last time you did, fire department, wasn't good. You have some deficiencies. And when you wipe a table, it's, it's not as pretty as when I wipe a table. Like, it's, it's not as finished. But, but here's the same time. At one hand, you, you go, you're going to get in my way a little bit. But I'm so 
thankful that as a dad, as a mom, you want to help me. I'm not looking at whether or not you do it to to a, a paid professional level. I'm just looking at your heart, and I'm grateful that you desire to help your parents. And what it is is this, this gratitude. I can't tell you when my children, unannounced, it's not being discussed. Um, Caleb and I, Caleb's been asking me to go work out. And since I've started last couple of weeks and gotten pretty heavy at it, he's like, hey, can I, can I go? And so uh, yesterday was my day off from working out. So I was like, yeah, man, this will be a good day. Let's do it. And so we had a good time. And, um, you know, of course, he's 14. He's talking smack the whole time. He's like, come on, old man. No, no, but we had a really good time. And, and uh, but it was very cool for me just in this season of gratitude, like unprompted, unthought, whatever. He just uh, came circled back around a little later. And he said, Dad, thank you for taking me today. I really appreciated working out with you. You know what that does as a parent? When the child comes around with gratitude, do you know what it does as a parent if a toddler wants to help vacuum, the toddler wants to help set the table? You know what it does? It's not that you're the most efficient. It's not that I need you to do it. But man, it says something when you get to help your daddy. How many of us are missing out on gratitude because we think serving is a chore? Serving is beneath us. Serving doesn't require my, my time. I don't have time. For, or let me, let me. Now, you know, I got time for that. Like we, one or the other, whichever, whichever clicks with you. Verse 2 continued says, come into his presence with singing. Singing. Not only shout about it, not only serve, but if with full gratitude, sing. Sing. Sing with joy. Corporate singing is, as part of the Sunday service experience is because it's, this is a place where we can have a sense of that corporate worship found in the Scriptures. Isaiah, just two places. Isaiah 6.3 Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with His glory. Revelation 4.8, with the, lip, the four living creatures, each of them with six wings full of, uh, full of eyes all around and within, the day and night, they never cease to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty who was and is and is to come. Part of singing is for us to join in what the angels are doing, giving praise to our God. Gratitude. We don't sing because we're supposed to and it's the time of service. We don't sing because we have to. We don't sing because we're reading lyrics. We sing because we want to magnify our king. We want to lift up his name. We want to be sure that the world, anybody who's listening can hear, he's the object of our affection and devotion and our love and our gratitude goes to our king. He's the king. He's the Lord of lords. That's the reason. That's the reason. Why we sing. Y'all better back up. I'm about to break out the Kurt Franklin right now. <laughs> sing because I'm happy. All right. Sing because I'm free. All right. His eye is on the sparrow. Verse 3. 
Yeah, now you know that's all. There we go. That's my, that's my brother right up there. I appreciate, appreciate that. My, my brother's in the house. I, I, <laughs> I just put this out there for my ethnically diverse people. Help me out. Brother grew up in the hood. So if you want to shout, you want to sing, you want to feel free. Bring, yeah, especially my, the African in the front row. Like, that's all I needed now. That's all I needed. All right, verse 3. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us. We are His. We are His people. The sheep of His pasture. Look, we surrender with joy. We don't just shout, serve, or sing. But we surrender you see the proclamation here? The proclamation is God's better than you. <laughs> like he's above us, and, you, and we joyfully admit that. Gratitude means I didn't deserve it. It's not owed to me. You're not just giving me back my money. Gratitude is when you say, thank you. You did something. You went beyond. You helped me. I'm not helping you. You helped me. Me. And so part of that is a period of surrender. It's you and I looking at God saying, no. He says, no, that the Lord is God. It is he who made us. We are his possessive. We are his people and the sheep of what? His pasture. Even the ground that we stand on is the Lord's, and we say thank you. We have no problem surrendering because he's that much far and away better. He is God. I'm not God. He is the Lord. I'm not the Lord. We are his. We, we were blood-bought. If you were a Christ follower in this room, the theological implication is he purchased you. And so because he is above and because he is better and because he is so much higher in a way, we surrender with joy. I'm glad to. You know, for surrender for us, we're, this is something we don't do naturally. We don't do easily. I just had a Rich Mullins song. I don't know what it is. I'm a jukebox today. Rich Mullins song. Surrender doesn't come naturally to me. But, but surrender for us Surrender for us, it, it, it's so hard because we think that we need to hold it all in here. And we need to be better. And we need to be stronger. And I'm not going to let you get close. And what happens is we don't open up. But what we do is we hold it tight. I just want you to know I'm not letting go. I'm not letting go. I'm not letting go. But to the Christian. It's, Lord, I surrender. Why? Because you're God, I'm not. I am yours. You bought me. I'm blood bought. The very, the very, I'm your people and, and the very land that I'm on, this is your pasture. So you know what? Lord, I don't have ownership stake anymore. I willfully surrender. Thank you for letting me be a part of your divine plan. You know what the problem with surrender is? We've messed up the word great. We've really messed up the word great. 
Great is such a small word to us anymore. We say everything is great. How you feeling? Great. No, you're not. No, you're not. Right now, in this moment, like you're just getting your coffee. Right, right now, in the lobby, grabbing a donut. Right now, out of all the moments of your life, married, kids, this is great. In this, this is great. No, we've diluted the word. That's great. I'm great. Hey, how, how about, how, how, how's your meal? Great. Really? Like, we're at, we're at like, Chili's. This is the greatest meal? Uh, great? How was that movie? That was great. Really? All of cinematic features ever produced. <laughs> and Frozen 2 was great. On and on and on. Your favorite player. How's, how's things at the house? Great, 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 great. And we've so diluted it. So when somebody comes and says, God is great, we go, yeah. I can agree with that. <laughs> well, thank you for agreeing with that. Right? Like, like, we've so diluted what greatness is. There's a few places that he's great. He is great in majesty. Great in majesty. One of my favorite passages of all the Bible is Revelation 19, 11 to 16. But Revelation 19, this is the coming king, the coming Messiah. And, and, and you get down, he talks about how he's going to squash his enemies in the wine presses of the fury of the wrath of God. That's why I'm not a big fan of like love songs to Jesus, like in terms of like you could replace Jesus with boyfriend or girlfriend, like those songs. Because I'm like, hold on, I'm worshiping the coming king who's going to, to, to just retch out and, and put a hurting on everyone who stands opposed to him. Like Jesus is coming back and it says that, that, that his wrath is finally going to be laid out on his enemies. That the birds of the air are going to pick flesh of, of the kings who go against him, like he's going to come in, listen, this is one of the funniest parts, he, he's going to come in wearing all white into a battle. Do you know how confident you've got to be in your battling to walk into a war wearing white? Not a glove is going to be laid on me. I'm going to destroy my enemies and look good doing it. And so this picture is, is portrayed of him. And if you're pro-tattoo, here's a good verse for you at Thanksgiving when you bump into your religious zealot friend. It says, on his robe and on his thigh. On his robe and on his thigh has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We've so deluded great... He is great in majesty. He is above every king. He is above every lord. God is above, far and away, above anything you and I could ever fathom. That's great. He is great in holiness. 1 John 1, 5. God is light and in him is how much darkness? No darkness at all. He is great in majesty. 
He is great in holiness. He's great in love and mercy. He's great in love and mercy. Ephesians 2, 4, and 5 says, but God. Everybody say, but God. But God. Whatever you're going up against, I mean, but God. But God. Well, circumstances aren't well. But God. But God, being rich in mercy. He's rich in mercy. He's loaded with mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even while we were dead in our trespasses. If you have never bowed the knee to Jesus Christ in this room, if you have never surrendered your life over to him, if you have never said he's Lord and I'm not and the very ground I walk on is God's and so I give him praise, if you've never done that, it is still in the midst of your trespass, in the midst of your sin, in the midst of your worst day that you would never want revealed in this room. It's in the midst of all of that that his great mercy, his richness and mercy is displayed because of the love Because of the great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses. He doesn't wait to love you till you have it all together. It's while you're dead he loves you. It's while you're in your trespass. It's when nothing is making sense. It's when you have nothing to offer that is when he has great love for you. That is when his mercy is displayed as rich. You know why? Because you and I, you and I in the flesh, we don't have a richness of mercy. The first time you disagree with somebody on social media, you will find out there is a lack of mercy in the world. But God, he's supreme in his majesty. He's supreme in his holiness. And he is supreme in his love and mercy. In light of his greatness, we surrender with joy. We're delighted to be known as his. His majesty is holiness And yet, he gives us his love and mercy. I'm delighted to surrender to a God like that. Amen? Amen. Delighted to surrender to a God like that. He's got everything. He's on top. He needs me for nothing. In fact, not only does he not need me, I am dead in my sin. And the scripture says that he loves me in the middle of being dead in my sin. his kindness that leads us to repentance. Even the the move of coming to that realization, even the move itself is his love. His love is the buoyancy that pulls me up from the depth. His love is what fills up my tank to rise above my own sin and transgression. It's his love for me that rescues That's why I have no problem surrendering. Why would I? To a God like that? Love me in the midst of my worst day ever? The most supreme being ever, think about it, loved you in your worst moment ever. 
And he says, I'll save you. I just need you to acknowledge who I am. I'm supreme. Okay? I'm, I'm not just bail you out guy. I'm not come when you feel like it guy. I'm not come and get a few dollars guy. I'm supreme in your life guy. That's who I am. And salvation is surrender. You say, well, how is it that we see people that come to church and they raise a hand, they pray a prayer, they get dunked in water, and we don't see them again? Because they wanted Savior Guy to do a Savior thing for them, but they didn't want to be Surrender Girl or Surrender Guy. But salvation and surrender go hand in hand. And when you have a heart of gratitude for his salvation, you have no problem with surrender. Verse 5, last verse. For the Lord is what? Good. Oops, I'm sorry. Verse 4, back up. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Everybody say enter. enter. Everybody say enter with. enter with. I've got some friends in my life that um, come and hang out pretty often. And uh, not too often, friends. Don't get worried. Pretty often. And, and uh, the funny thing is, no matter what, I say in like the invite or the time, I'll just be like, hey, we're going to get together, hang out. Don't worry, all the food's covered. But you know, I've got some friends that they still come in lugging bags. And I'm like, what, what did you do? Well, I just figured, you know, God, everybody needs chips, <laughs> you know, just, and, and I'm like, no, 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 we're good. I told you in the thing, like, we're good. Like, we got it all squared away. And they said, my dad has taught me you never show up empty-handed. And so I heard your request. But my dad's voice has changed me. I want you to see this in Psalm 100 verse 4. Enter his gates. What? With. With thanksgiving. You enter with thanks. Oh, this is so good. I hope you get it. You enter his gates with thanksgiving. You enter his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. This is the gates. You know what we do? Preacher, your sermon was all right today. Does that sound like what that passage is telling you and I to do? No, we enter in with the gift. We enter into his presence with the gift. We come in already praising. You know what that means? I'm on the outside. I'm about to go worship my Lord. And I'm just already singing. I'm already, I'm already thankful. I'm already grateful. I'm already somebody. I'm already full of gratitude. I'm already acknowledging who my God is. I don't need Pastor Tolly to get up there and remind me today. I don't need the sermon to be good. I don't need the music to hit right. I'm coming in with bags. 
I'm coming in with bags. I'm coming in with gratitude. I'm coming in thanking God. I'm coming in with being filled up in the Spirit. I'm coming in having read the Scriptures already. I'm coming in having made my life right with people around me. I'm coming in already have been on my knees before God in prayer. I'm coming in with bags of thanksgiving. My gratitude comes with me. I don't need you to excite it in me. I'm bringing it. I'm bringing it. Some of us have been conditioned wrong in the faith to where you're going to come in and play Simon Cow. I don't think that was appropriate. Like, we, we've got this terrible attitude about what it means to worship God and have lived with gratitude. We come in already full. I don't need validation from anybody. I don't need a spark from anybody. I don't need a hit of spiritual juice. I, I, I'm coming in prayed up. I'm coming in celebrating. I'm coming in thankful. My gratitude is overflowing by the time I get around you. Here's the thing in church, you all need to be coming in full, filled up because there might be somebody walking through depression. There might be somebody who lost a family member. There might be somebody who is going through, got the doctor's report on Thursday and they're showing up on Sunday and, and they need your overflowing gratitude to help them get by. But you know what happens if you got a whole full church full of that? Got like eight people walking in with gratitude in their hearts. Everybody else just kind of, I'm going to watch. No, you're not going to watch. You're not. If you're a Christian, you're bringing your bag through the door. Listen to daddy's voice. Bring it with you. Bring it with you. Well, I don't know how. Start on Saturday. Start on Saturday. You can figure it out before you get through the door. Verse 5, for the Lord is what? Good. His steadfast love endures how long? forever and his faithfulness to all generations. How many generations? All. Oh, that includes you. The Lord is good. His steadfast love. I love that word. It's like stubborn. The Lord's stubborn love. He's going to love me even when I mess up. He's going to love me even when I fall short. He's going to love me even when I'm not proud of myself. Steadfast. Steadfast. He's determined. So you could start and sustain your relationship with joy. When you have gratitude, you start that relationship with gratitude. Lord, I'm so thankful you saved me from the, the pit and the mire of my sin. But it's also the same way you sustain a relationship with God. You remind God often, and you'll be reminding yourself, but you remind God often through, through shouting out, through serving other people, through singing, through reminding yourself and reminding God of His goodness and through surrendering and saying, Lord, I'm Yours and this very ground I walk on. I'm a sheep of Your pasture. This is Your ground. And so by doing that, I start and I sustain my relationship with my God. Gratitude is the linchpin to a good Christian attitude. You and I, we've got to get more gracious. And we've got to give praise and thanksgiving to our God. It's not about stuffing yourself with turkey. It's about stuffing yourself with gratitude. Say, Lord, thank you. Help me to be overflowing in my graciousness towards you. I don't want to come empty-handed anymore. I want to be sustained by your goodness and your grace in my life. Let's pray together.